Good Tuesday morning to you. Welcome to Brewers Briefing. How the heck are you this morning? I hope you're doing fantastically. We're doing great here at the Brewer Home as well. This is the program where we talk about what's happening in the world of current events and news, and we try to get you briefed on that stuff. And then you can brief me on what I need to know, too, because that's a lot, quite frankly. Hey, you guys come on in here, too. Yes, all of y'all, rowdy crew, come in, find a seat. Anyway, hey, this is uh, being broadcast out there on the podcast world in addition to the radio station. And you can find it called Brewers Briefing on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and other places where you love to get your podcast. It's out there. It's also put it on the website most of the time. And that is listentothebrew.com. And if I have to whisper during most of the show, it's because we have news, ladies and gentlemen, here at the Brewer Home. Big news. Big news. That's right. We have a baby here as a newly arrived on the ground, a great, not a great grandchild, a new grandchild. He's here. He is here. Elikai Torin Craig landed yesterday afternoon, 3.20 p.m. in that bedroom right over there. And so we had a little home birth here. In case you didn't know, you haven't been keeping up with what's going on here at the Brewer Home. My, my son and daughter-in-law decided to do a little home birth action, and they wanted to do it. They had to do it here in the city. They live out in Elk City, and they needed a place here for the midwives and so on and so forth. So we offered, obviously, and and it happened yesterday. It was so perfect. Like, I, it was so wild. I uh, I walked down on the front porch yesterday morning to have my coffee, and I opened the door, and I kind of looking around. I see a little white car pull in the, in the neighborhood, and I can only see the rooftop. So I, and I thought it was kind of going kind of slow, and I'm kind of looking, and what? Well, lo and behold, it pulls into my driveway. <laughs> like, who is that? Oh my gosh, that's Kyle. That's my son. Oh my god! And I thought well, I didn't get a text or a call, so I run into the house. I'm Julie. Kyle's here. She's like Kyle. Who? I was like our son, Kyle. Oh my god, it's a family. So anyway, we were in a panic, and we rushed around. They pulled in the garage, and yada yada. In there, they're just getting out, like you know, everything's cool and all. It's all good. And the water broke about two thirty in the morning. And they, anyway, I checked my phone. Sure enough, there was a text on there I didn't see. And so anyway, they came in. And anyway, it was just kind of everybody was chill until you know. And so we we I went, went to work and everybody went to work and they it, it was kind of hung around and the midwives were here and blah 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 and all the stuff. And in the afternoon, things started progressing, of course, and getting serious. And we were all here and hanging and waiting and chilling on the back patio and then bada boom, bada bang, just like that. Uh, here he is, and he's uh, he's gorgeous. He's awesome. He's a cute little man, and he. Uh, I, I tell there's something else I thought was kind of cool, and I'll say this now that it's eight oh seven. It's kind of an interesting number has been floating around. So yesterday was eight seven, right? August seventh, and that's biblically the numbers have real significance. You, you probably know that the number eight is typically known for new beginnings. In biblical uh, understanding, it's new beginnings. And the number seven is perfection and completion, right? Seven, we know all about that. And so yesterday was eight, seven. And so when Elikai was born, which is a biblical name as well, it, the, the midwife's like, it's a big old boy. And we, of course, we couldn't see him right away. They, you know, the grandparents, they, you know, they take a back seat, of course, as it should be. So it took a while. Anyway, they, they were like, he's a big old boy. He's a big old boy. And it's like, well, how much does he weigh? Well, guess what? He weighs eight pounds, seven ounces. 
I'm like, wow, that's just interesting to me. I don't know what that means necessarily, all those numbers, 8-7. He weighs 8-7. And I just told you that at 8-07. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't even plan that part. See how it all just comes together. Anyway, it's awesome. Everybody's healthy. And we're praising the Lord around here. So it's cool, cool stuff. And, and I, I, I didn't know whether to do the show or not because, I, I mean, they're just right over there. And I didn't want to be too noisy because you know how I get sometimes. I'm ranting and screaming and yelling, but I, I'm trying not to do too much of that today. But anyway, we're here. We're glad to have you with us for the program. Hey, we have a way for you to get involved. You can text us on the Windy Chevy text line or call us on the brew lines, okay? We have two options for you. And those are the options. And the number is the same, 918-756-3646. Again, that's the Wendy Chevy text line or the brew lines. Either way, same one. Knock it, lock it in. Memorize it, 918-756-3646. And it's always good to hear your, your see your text. Just good morning, like Tony here. Good morning, Brewer. Congratulations on a new grandbaby. Thank you very much. Always appreciate your comments and texts and it just makes it like we're all here together, just a little community of friends hanging out and seeing what's happening in the world of news and just discussing life, doing life together here. Okay, that's awesome. So jump in there and get involved. I'd appreciate it if you do. Now, let's take a look at the weather forecast see what we got. We had rain here this morning. It's cool. Look at this, 67 degrees, a little rainy, a little breeze. Oh, that's perfect for coffee on the porch with a robe. Come on now. So that's what it is, 67, light rain, 100% humidity. Today's forecast, 86 degrees for your high temp. 80% chance of rain, let's see, between a quarter and a half an inch are possible, according to the National Weather Service. No more, no less. 74 overnight. Tomorrow, going to be 95. Oh, going to feel like a 109. Tomorrow, that's going to be muggy, sucker. Let's continue. Thursday, 91. Friday, 98. Ooh. <sighs> Saturday, 99. Sunday, 98. Monday, 97. I thought we were done with all. I mean, you get a couple of cool days. Like, oh, here it is. Here's the fall. No, no. <laughs> Don't be stupid. No, it's going to be hot again, but enjoy what you've got today. It's going to be nice today. It's cool and rainy, all that stuff. But it ain't going to last very long, okay? So let's see what the temperatures are. Let me see if I can find my. Temperatures around the state. Air temperatures. Let's see. What is happening? The panhandles is it almost got some 50s up. It got a 61 way out there at the end of it. Mm, 60s all across the middle of the state. Got some 70s down south. Already 76 in Bernals, Bernieville. Grandfield 77. So it's warming up down in the south. But it's nice and green country. Anyway. All right. What else we got? Got somebody else in here? Good morning, Fay Roy. Morning, Papa, he says. Papa, I don't know what uh, what he's going to call me. I'm Peepaw to my other grandson, Peepaw. I'm Peepaw, and then I'm I'm BB to my granddaughter. It's BB and Juju. So I don't know what this one's going to be. You know, you know, you never know, right? <laughs> I don't know. I guess you can dictate what your grandkids call you. I think they should just call me Your Excellency, but I don't know if that's going to flow very easily for a newborn. But we'll see how that goes. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, we're up to date. What's happening in news out there? We got some COVID news, believe it or not, out there. It, it, several stories revolving around COVID and the vaccinations and whatnot. Here's a story 
the uh, U.S. FDA's role is to approve the labeling for medications sold in America. It's a gatekeeper, not a doctor. It has no accountability for patient outcomes and no authority to advise patients on what drug treatments to pursue. Yet it has repeatedly and unlawfully used its office to scare the public into thinking ivermectin is unsafe and unfit, even prohibited for human consumption. And this is on the heels of a judge ordering a Westchester hospital to administer ivermectin to a COVID-19 patient. And it's just so interesting to me. It seems completely obvious to me that these organizations have been bought and paid for. The FDA, the CDC, the USDA, all of them, whoever's in all the numbers, all the letters, you know, I think they've all been, they're in on the deal. And anyway, this judge has ordered this to happen now. And I think that's good. Let's see. What else is she going to say? The agency maintains an official website headlined why you should not use ivermectin to treat or prevent COVID-19. This post was tweeted from the verified U.S. FDA handle with the not-so-subtle caption reading, You're not a horse. You're not a cow. Seriously, y'all, stop. Now, that came from the, the uh, FDA website, and I guess it may be still up there. I don't know, but interesting. So anyway, so there's that, you know, and so we got other stuff here about this. Here's another stat that's coming out of Singapore, and it is a question mark. What could What could give a five- Sigma increase in stillbirths in Singapore in 2022. So I looked up what is five sigma anyway. I, I see these numbers or these these phrases like this is a two sigma or five sigma whatever. I'm like what what is that? That 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 is a one. There's two two definitions I found. One in three million or one in a million chance of something happening. Uh, either way, it's 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 extremely uh, rare that something like this would happen. A five sigma increase in stillbirth rates in Singapore in 2022. And so this goes back. There's a little graph here I'm looking at from 2013 all the way up to 2022. And it it's it's this is stillbirths per thousand. And you got it's two and two and two point one and two point two and two point five back down to two point three and one point nine and two point zero and two point zero and then it jumps to three point one. In 2022, from 2.0 to 3.1, which again is a five sigma increase, which again is about a one in a million or one in three million likelihood something like that's going to happen. That's just a, that could be just random. Anybody know what happened between 21 and 22? Just something entered into the societies out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, the vaccine. That's right, the vaccine happened. And this lady, this uh, reporter says, women who took the COVID vaccine are about to learn they've sterilized themselves. And, and so there's, uh, there's, you know, it's just stuff coming out. It, it's, it's alarming. It's, I mean, that is, if you stop and think about that, of course, we just had a little beautiful, precious baby over here. And you think about how many women have been affected by these vaccines and maybe having stillbirths and other countries as well. I don't know, obviously not just Singapore, but. And to think that these groups knew some of the harm that these things could happen. Of course, it didn't happen to everybody. Obviously, that's not the case. But it's enough 
to be alarming and significantly uh, criminal, I, I think, in my mind. I'm thinking somebody needs to be held accountable for this stuff. And <laughs> I think it's a long list of people. Obviously, I think pharma is. Of course, they've got the deal that they're, they're immune from any kind of accountability unless you can prove fraud. And these government officials that mandated folks and, and, and these CDC people that or the FDA that mocked and scared people and, you know, just intimidated people and threatened people with their jobs and so on and so forth. So many people, I think, need to be held accountable for all the damage that's being done out there. It's, it, is, it, is, it is quite alarming. Anyway, so there are some stats there. And then I came across this video here from this guy. This is this guy named Brett Weinstein. Brett Weinstein is a professor of evolutionary biology. He's got a, a podcast. He's a, he's a generally smart, smart guy. I don't know that I line up with any of his theology, but he, he's talking about the mRNA platform, how it's a brilliant platform, but it has a gaping flaw. Now, we're all familiar with mRNA. That's what the vaccines were, are mRNA technology, and it's this messaging to DNA, et cetera, et cetera, and all the stuff it does. And, of course, I don't know very much about it. But I'm going to play it for you so because he, he was looking into this and, and some of the problem with this deal. I just thought it was interesting. A couple of minutes long. Check this out. See what you think about this. And the mRNA platform is brilliant, right? It bypasses the nuclear genome and it inserts the mRNA message into the cytoplasm where the cells do what they're told and they transcribe it and they make any protein you want. That is a brilliant mechanism for solving this problem. But it has a giant gaping flaw in it, which is... Any cell of yours that produces a foreign protein, which is what inherently will happen when an mRNA message is introduced into your cell, will be targeted by your own immune system and destroyed. You will create an autoimmune disorder. That's what it will do when it works. How the hell are you going to bring such a thing to market? Well, you would need a solution to the following problem. How do you get it to only those cells where that's a cost worth paying? How do you keep it out of your heart, for example? Well, you can't do it by coating it in a lipid nanoparticle that's just simply a fat attracted to other fats because all of your cells are covered in fat. It's completely indiscriminate, right? And nobody can afford to have this happen in their heart. And it's not the only tissue where that's true, but it's the most obvious of them. So they had a platform that solved a huge problem and they had no way to deliver it safely to market because they didn't have a targeting mechanism. What a shame. Well, um, I thought it was Rahm Emanuel who said... Uh, don't let any good crisis go to waste. I was recently told that it was Henry Kissinger who first said that. I don't care which one it is. I'd love to know if Kissinger said it first. But nonetheless, it sounds sounds like something you might have thought. Um, in any case, okay, so they had a pandemic. They had a technology they couldn't bring safely to market. And the emergency allowed them to do it, right? The emergency allowed them to go through emergency use authorization, to get people on board with taking it because people were so scared of COVID. It allowed them to basically push aside all of the safeguards that should have prevented a prototype technology like this from reaching the market without demonstrating safety. So, okay, pharma accomplished the impossible. It took a technology that it owned that was, in my opinion, at least three decades out from being usefully and safely deployable, if at all, there's no telling whether you could have rescued it. But if they had a way to target it, it might have taken three decades for them to figure out what that way was, to figure out how to bring it about, and then to show that it was safe. And they didn't want to wait. And so this crisis gave them the opportunity not to wait. Now, here's the point. Now, 
You've got a huge fraction of the globe that has already accepted mRNA vaccine technology. And how? How are you going to rescue it from a 1 in 35 chance of damaging your heart? Right? How are you going to overcome the dawning awareness that this stuff is lethally dangerous and to tissues you cannot afford to have damaged? Blame well, the spike protein. Right. If the problem is inherent to the spike protein, then okay, we admit it, we picked the wrong protein, but all you got to do is swap in a protein that doesn't have some flaw like this and the mRNA platform is right back on track. On the other hand, if we are right in what we have been saying for, If it's both things. If it's, if it's both which things. Spike it is. protein is a bad choice mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what protein. Any foreign protein transcribed by your cells is going to cause your own immune system to go after your own heart cells if that's where this thing ends up transfecting. Yes. So take that with your morning coffee right there. And, and I just are thinking about as I'm listening to this deal, what better plan if you're an elitist globalist evil satanist and all you care about is money and power and depopulation that's a perfect perfect plan we need a pandemic we need a we need a virus we need something we need to scare the public we need to get everybody involved we need to buy off the cdc and the fda and the waf and everybody else buy them all off pay them off get this thing going Get this out there. We need an emergency use. This would take, like he said, 30 years to get this approved and tested and make sure that this new technology, mRNA, is safe. Ah, but now we, we can't wait that long. We've got we to figure something. We need an emergency. And, and so we talked here a while back, a couple weeks ago, about, you know, Fauci and, and his evil ilk, why they could not uh, allow an ivermectin or a hydroxychloroquine chloroquine to be put out there as successful because if they if there's any kind of remedy or solution other than the vaccine then they cannot use the emergency use authorization so they had to poo-poo all that stuff and mock everybody that took it and, and make you you know feel like an idiot so that they could keep the emergency use authorization intact and force it on everybody all over the planet and that's what they've done and so this it's like what now? The, one in 35 chance of this affecting your heart? One in 35? That's a, that's a lot. And any, you know, any protein, your, your own system is going to attack your own system. Anyway, it's just unconscionable, really, to think about what has been perpetrated on mankind. And we, ladies and gentlemen, have got to learn some, some serious lessons through this about how we have allowed ourselves to be programmed by... These sources, be it media or government officials or doctors, people that we, you know, would normally trust, unfortunately, they've stepped in it and, and proven that many, in many cases they can't be trusted. I'm not saying all doctors are bad, of course, and I'm not telling you not to trust your doctor. It may be fantastic, but think about how we've been we've been played by all these sources and. It's coming out anyway, so I, I just I still don't know that I think a, a good a good portion of people are enlightened and will not you know weren't duped by the first round and hopefully won't be duped by the second round. But I think there's still a good group of folks that are going to take whatever is coming down the pike and whatever the government continues to say and whatever CNN says, 
Anybody in a white coat is just going to keep taking it. Uh, anyway, so I, it's 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 wild. It's unbelievable to me the things that are happening now. Like, and here's another story. Like just just while we're on the topic, just continue on one more at least. Here's a story from Brownstone Institute. CDC altered Minnesota death certificates that list a COVID vaccine as a cause of death. What now? What? Come on. What? Someone who needs to remain anonymous was able to attain a death certificate from Minnesota for all deaths that occurred from 2015 to this present time, which presented the opportunity to see if the CDC is being entirely honest about the U.S. death data. Unsurprisingly, they are not. As we shall document, the CDC is concealing references to a COVID vaccine on Minnesota death certificates that are exceedingly rare to begin with because widespread medical establishment denialism of vaccine adverse side effects and almost every death certificate that identifies a COVID vaccine as a cause, the CDC committed data fraud by not assigning the ICD-10 code for vaccine side effects to the causes of death listed on the death certificate. And this is a long article that I can't go into. It's got it all laid out here. It's got all the stuff. It's got the people. It's got um, the causes and all all the stuff. It's just it's long, long. It's brownstoneinstitute.org if you want to look this up. And again, the headline, CDC altered Minnesota death certificates. It's, it's, um, you know, again, it's, it's, it's this cover up. It's just, if this is real and it looks to be real, I mean, these people are evil, man. It's, what else do you call it? It's what it is. They, they have <laughs> ulterior motives and, and they ain't good. They're not in your best interest. And it's, uh, it's, it's a swampy swamp. I mean, <laughs> the swamp is deep and wide. You know what I'm saying? All these organizations, Lord help us. Help us, Lord. Anyway, all right, we're going to take a quick break. Come back. Continue on. Don't you go anywhere. Well, okay, you can go to the bathroom and then come right back. 28 minutes past the hour of 8 o'clock on a Tuesday. It is August the 8th, and I hope you're doing well today. Thanks for joining us here for Brewers Briefing. We do it Tuesday, Wednesday, and Fridays. And you want to get involved, you can do so by giving us a text or call. And we'd be glad to talk to you. Good morning, Pam. Thank you for the congratulations. Good morning, David. Yes, you are correct. Thank you. And so on and so forth. You people are awesome. 918-756-3646. Text or call. Windy Chevy text line available for you 24-7. It's also available for you during Tradia, which is coming up at 9 o'clock. We buy, trade, and sell stuff. Give it away right there. All right, what else is happening in the world of news? Let's see what we have for you people. What do we got? What, what is this right here? I saw this. It's kind of interesting here. One of the most impressive things ever seen on a social media company. And it will potentially help so many people. And here's what it is. Elon Musk. You heard of the name? Of course you have. He owns Tesla. He owns Twitter. He owns the planet. He's a generally smart guy. And he's a kind of a good guy from what I can tell. He's, he's different. He's a complex man. But anyway, he tweeted this out. Uh, a couple of days ago, he said, if you were unfairly treated by your employer due to posting or liking something on this platform, Twitter, 
We will fund your legal bill. No limit. Please let us know. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. I mean, so you know what happens. I mean, these employers looking at somebody or, I mean, yeah, yeah, somebody that's already employed. Obviously, somebody that's you know, looking to become employed. But if you're an employee of a company and you're going Twitter and you, you, you say something or you like, you can even just click the old like button. And that'll get you fired. Oh, you, you liked something Donald Trump said? Pfft, you're, you're, you're out, or or whatever it may be, right? Or or you you, you liked that article about ivermectin? Oh, oh my gosh, you're gone. Anyway, so all, that stuff happens all the time. Obviously, it happened to a lot of people, or he wouldn't be asking about it. And he's like, if this happened on this platform, I'm going to know about it. I'm going to fund your legal bills, and there's no limit to how much we're willing to pay. Let us know. I thought that was interesting. Don't you think? I do. Yeah, that's pretty good stuff right there. So if that's happened to you, well, give him a tweet, and he'll get, he'll get right on. I don't know what his phone number is. He didn't put that on there. But I guess you could uh, send him a direct message or something on Twitter. Anyway, pretty good stuff. What else has happened in the world of news? We have inflation. Have anybody noticed inflation? Inflation's out there. <laughs> it's tougher to get things paid for nowadays. The average monthly payment for a new car in the United States hit a record high last month. Anybody want to guess what the record high is? What do you think the average payment is for a new car in these United States? This has increased 28% in the last three years. Hmm. Okay. What do you think it could be? What is that number? And what do you think is the reason to the increase? What has happened in the last three years? Anybody think? Any, what, what could possibly have caused this? Vicki, good morning and welcome to the program. We started at 804. She says $450 is the average. Uh, I will tell you it is higher than that, Vicki. Okay, anybody else want to throw down a guess on the old windy Chevy text line? It's more than 450 okay? And it's uh, again, it's happened in the last three years. I don't know what's happened. Oh, wait a minute, we got a new president. Did we? The last, yeah, that's what we did. Go last three years. Vicky comes back with six hundred dollars. It's more than that. More higher. Keep trying. Anybody else have a guess besides Vicky? What is the average price of a new car? Not a used car. New car. In these United States of America, it's going up. It's it's risen. Somebody says eight hundred dollars. That's Trisha jumping in there. Trisha, you're very close. It's lower than that. All right? But I'll tell you what it is, because we could play this game all day long, and we're not going to. It is $736. That's an average. There's a lot of people paying more than that. Can you imagine? Whew, dog. That's a lot of money. And, and you can also tack onto that the most expensive uh, expensive housing market in American history. And everything's great. Expensive houses, expensive cars, inflation, sucking all our money away. But let's put Joe Biden back in. What do you say? All the Democrats, just round them up, put them back in. It's, oh, it's, it's great. Things are going good. <laughs> yeah, and, and people are going to do it. David said 700. He was close. It was close, David. I gave you a lot of hints, though. Yeah, it's a lot. Anyway, so that's it's a good reason not to vote 
uh, for a Democrat, okay? Just saying. It was good back in the day. Remember? Remember back? <laughs> no wars, no Ukraine, no three fifty dollars three hundred three dollars and fifty cent gas, no seven hundred and thirty six dollar house payment or car payment. Yeah, it's about like a house payment, isn't it? Mm. What else was happening in the world of news? We got the women's soccer team going down in a ball of flames, cheering the defeat of the U.S. women's soccer team is the most American thing you can do, says one person from the Federalist. You know, you got that, what's, what's her name, Rapinoe, that outspoken, purple-haired weirdo, head of the team. Next to the dictionary, definition of poetic justice should be a picture of Megan Rapinoe's humiliated little face, after whiffing a penalty kick that helped seal the fate of the U.S. soccer women's soccer team, so on and so forth, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to watch any of that, Dad Gummit. And uh, anyway, they, they're out. Last year was the big glory. Now, not so much. Anyway, I, nobody cares. I'm not going to talk about that too much. What else we got? We got what else we got? We got this. Uh, this is here's some good news. Here's good, we got good news. We got a feel good Tuesday going on. Uh, Texas Department of Public Safety marks over 900 smuggled children rescued from the southern border. That's awesomeness. Through Texas Border Security Mission Operation Lone Star, Texas DPS troopers have rescued over 900 kids being smuggled, smuggled into and through Texas from Mexico by human traffickers. Among them was a recent rescue in Maverick County in Eagle Pass, Texas, where troopers found a five-year-old Honduran girl who had been smuggled into Texas by three adult women who weren't related to her. The women found the girl in Piedras Negras, Mexico, and then brought her with them as they crossed illegally into Texas between the ports of entry. That's what's happening. When you don't have a port of entry that's the only place you can get in, you get in anywhere, that's obviously why we have these major problems. But a recent traffic stop in neighboring Kinney County, on a major local uh, local smuggling rack, troopers pulled over a driver of a black GMC Sierra, the driver of Mexican national who was illegally in the United States, said she was coming from Houston to pick up friends. The trooper observed six passengers in the rear area of the truck and later learned they were all in the here in the United States illegally, including two children. And they go on to tell the story. And they say, well, these are my friends. Oh, you know their names. Don't know any of their names, but <laughs> friends of mine. Anyway, a lot of arrests were made. 900 children were rescued. Thank God. And, and this is just happening all the time. And where is Alexandria Occasional Cortex when you need her? Why is she not down at the border crying at the fences over this travesty that's happening? This inhumanity that's going on. Where are the Democrats? Why are they not down there? throwing a fit they were down there when they were when trump was president they were claiming he was building cages for all these people and treating them terribly and they were crying where are they now this is this is i mean these poor little kids here they are a little five-year-old girl she doesn't know what her parents are nothing it's just just at the mercy of these horrific adults that are down there and and and, and honestly i mean the democrats and the Republicans. Okay, can we can we throw the Republicans under the bus for a second? Let's do that because they have some culpability here. All right, and so here's this article 
from off the press this morning. Impeachment's efforts stall in the House. Republicans can't even take on DHS Mayorkas. Like, what is wrong with these? Anyway, House Republicans once regarded Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas as their easiest impeachment target, and rightfully so. He's doing a horrific, terribly job, terrible job. Yet even that seems increasingly out of reach. Centrist Republicans were never quite sold on impeaching the secretary over problems at the border, nor aligned with their colleagues' beliefs that Mayorkas lied to lawmakers at a committee hearing. Now, some of the most vocal Republicans pushing to remove him are acknowledging that they're finding GOP skeptics virtually immovable. Even Speaker McCarthy who thrilled conservatives last year when he opened the door to impeachment proceedings, is signaling he's still not convinced. Imagine, imagine that. So you got these centrist Republicans, okay, well, we just want to get along, go along, get along, who have no backbone. I mean, this guy, I don't know if you've seen this Mayorkas guy testify. He is just a piece of work. And, of course, you, you see what's happening. The board are nothing, and they're lying, and they're, they're all stuff. And they can't even they can't even impeach this guy. What is wrong with these Republicans? You got a, you got a handful up there that are firebrands that are trying, like the Chris Roy's of the world. And yet, then you got these centrist, mealy mouth, and I think Speaker McCarthy is one of those. Just going to go along to get along, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I'm not going to read this whole thing. I can't, can't even get this guy impeached, much less the president. I mean, it, it's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. I, I tell you what, I, I'm. I, not only is he not going to get impeached, hell, he might come back for another four years. I mean, you just, at this point, anything goes, right? It's like, who knows? The Republicans aren't going to do anything. There's going to be no changes if they're in charge. Unbelievable. Okay. Is there anything else in that news? Y'all got anything? Y'all got anything that uh, we need to know about? Let me check the old Windy Chevy text line. No? No? It's empty. Phone lines are empty. See if there's anything else that I haven't talked to you about today. Because we've got a long time to go here. Oh, here's a, here's a little something, something. Let me pull this up and give you a... Here is a guy that uh, is being interviewed by Steve Deese, who's the director of the movie Nefarious. He's also a podcast guy. And he was talking to this um, guy, another guy, I don't know his name, Bob, somebody, about going to church with Ron DeSantis. And, uh, you know, how did that go down? What do you think about this guy? Here's what he had to say. So you went to church yesterday with Ron DeSantis. What was your take spending that kind of time with him? Well, first of, first of all, all, was he even was he comfortable in that setting to you? Or, oh, without question. Or was he uh, just there to grandstand? No. Because it's not like we no. haven't seen politicians do that before, right? And maybe it's because I've gotten to know uh, Governor DeSantis and Casey a little bit better now. Uh, but one is they're very easy people to be around. Uh, you like being around them. And you can't say that about every politician. You know, sometimes it's like, ah, I'd rather not be around them that much. But Governor Ron and Casey, uh, they really do well at the retail politics. Um after church service, we went out into the lobby just to basically shake some hands, and we thought we'd leave fairly quickly. And all of a sudden, organically, lines formed that they wanted to meet Ron DeSantis. They wanted to get their picture taken with him. They wanted to meet Casey DeSantis, get their picture taken with her. 
And I told Darla, I said, if this church service is any indicator about the Iowa caucuses, he's doing way better than what the polls are indicating. So there's that. What do you think about that? <laughs> Went to church, got people shaking their hands. Woo! Must be he's, uh, <laughs> he's going to win. I don't know. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, this is, you know, I guess people get all caught up in all this kind of stuff so early. Like, well, you know, okay, so the polls are saying this, and Trump's leading by a mile. Now they're saying Trump can beat Joe Biden, the general, by two points. Oh, my gosh, it's, it's like, how, how can it be neck and neck? You know what I'm saying? I, I guess there's since he's the leading Republican, they put that out there. Like, well, okay, well, who's leading? Well, Trump is. Okay, so can Trump beat Biden? Man, it's neck and neck, which is is sounding to me. It's like I get, maybe because it's Trump. I mean, and they say, of course, there's nobody else. They, they well, what about DeSantis? Can he beat Biden? Like, yeah, some people say yes, some people say no. It's neck and neck. I just can't imagine anybody, any human being, a little breathing, actual human that would vote for Joe Biden. Can you? I mean, it's like really. I just cannot even see that. But, it, you know, it's they're out there. They're among us. They walk among us, people. <laughs> That's the scary part. They literally walk in among us, these people that would vote for Joe Biden again. That's the that's one of the scariest things I think I've heard all day, and it's, it's, it's early yet. But, hey, quick break. We'll come right back. Stay with us. 846. 14 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Yes, I did the math in my head just like that. I know. No calculators. No nothing. Just sheer brilliance. Marshila was calling in to talk about the meeting tonight. She, she keeps getting hung up on. I don't know what's happening, Marshila. Call me back. Talk about it. There she is. Right there. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's see if we can get her on here. Hang on. Stand by one. Are you there, Marshila? I'm here. Okay. All right. Tell us about the meeting. Okay, we are meeting tonight at Durbin's, and our meeting starts at 6.30, the American Open, at 10.30 West 6th Street, and the business starts at 6 o'clock. So, uh, we showed the film agenda. Marcella, I don't know what's happening, but your phone is cutting out horribly. I don't know if it's your end or my end, but it's it's almost unlistenable. Do you have any other options? How about how about I call you back in a second? Try that. Get a better connection. Yeah, that's let's try that. Okay, try that. Okay, that did not even sound like her, did it? It's like who is that posing as Marshila? Anyway, so there's so today's Tuesday. There's a Republican meeting tonight, and six thirty is the time. We got that much. It's at the American Legion right across from Randy's Foods over there on West Sixth. We got that much. And then there was some other stuff in there. We'll see if we can get her back on the horn here, here in just a second. All right. That's coming down the pike tonight. All right. Let's try it again here. Let's go again. Welcome back. Let's try it again. Okay. It's better. Well, I don't know. Keep talking. We'll see. I I can't hear echoing in the back, so maybe it's better. I don't hear any echoes, so it was just cutting out, so. Okay. Is it cutting? out yeah it's cut now so okay what, let me send you a text okay all right send me a text and i'll read it okay bye. okay bye. <laughs> yeah you know i don't know it's probably my stupid phone i don't know let's just turn the bluetooth off and 
and reboot. You know, it, if, if, if you can't figure it out, reboot all the time. Typically works. So that's what we're going to do. All right, so we're re reconnected there. So anyway, so there's a meeting tonight. We'll get a text here in a second. And we'll read it to you. Okay. Uh, so what else we got happening, people? What do we got? Let's see what we got. We got a judge blocking a Colorado gun law citing Supreme Court precedents. Federal judge in Colorado blocked a gun law that limits the sales of firearms to people 21 and older, holding that it ran afoul of a recent Supreme Court precedent. Oh, we're supposed to follow the Supreme Court now. That's good. I, that's new. I'm glad we found one judge out there that thinks that's the case. Philip Bremer, chief judge of the U.S. District Court of Colorado, ruled Monday in favor of a firearms advocacy group that sued in order to block the law known as Senate Bill 169. While the law took effect Monday, the judge blocked it from enforcement, ruling it fails the test established in the Supreme Court's 2022 decision, Bruin versus New York Rifle and Pistol Association. The gun rights group that sued Rocky Mountain gun owners challenged the age limit law and another measure that would create a waiting period for all firearms purchases in the state. Anyway, they're coming after your guns <laughs> one way or the other. And it's like, you know, I don't know. We can send these people over to, to war, but you can't buy beer or a gun. I think it's ridiculous. Myself, that's what I think. And this is a show about what I think. So I'm going to tell you what I think about it. All right, we got some stuff happening here in the Wendy Chevy text line. What are you guys saying over here? Let me see. I got stuff coming in. I got a meme. I don't know. Who, who is that? Mickey Mouse? Some dog flying through the air. I don't even know what that is. Thank you for that, though. Here's another text from a while back. Younger white females were voting for Joe Biden. Go figure. I know. They're ruining the country. They're, they're, they're amongst the, the one of the biggest groups ruining the country. Liberal, young, white females. I don't know. what's We did that. Remember we had that story about the young gals in high school that are going liberal and the boys are going conservative? That was somewhat fascinating. Interesting, I'd say. And then Faye Roy's like, why don't you just call her? Hey, are you are you guys keeping up with this Donald Trump thing? You know, it's got, it's got a big news. I listened to Jesse Waters yesterday. He was talking about this deal with Trump and what the DOJ is trying to do. And, of course, Biden, because he's over the DOJ and that, that department, so on and so forth. And it's 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 um, from from what I gather. And again, I haven't been I've been kind of busy around here. You know, we just had a baby here yesterday and there's been a lot of stuff going on. So I haven't really kept up with all the stuff like I should probably since I do a radio talk show and stuff, but part of the people on the Trump side of things, let's say, are saying like, you know, how is it that you can be um, possibly imprisoned, indicted for saying that a rigged election was a rigged election? <laughs> you don't get indicted for rigging election just to, for saying that it was rigged. Then, then, then it's, there's a problem. And it's like, it's, it's, what about the First Amendment? Don't you have the right to say just about anything you want to say? No, not anymore. Not, not if you're Donald Trump, you don't. And, and so they're, they're just, they're doing all kinds of stuff, throwing all kinds of stuff at this guy. And from what I hear from Jesse Waters' side of things, you know, it, it does sound like an attack on, just 
typical constitutional free speech, among other things. I mean, there's other stuff that he's in, being charged for, obstruction, so on and so forth. And, and of course, the Democrats don't want you to see any of this stuff. They, they, they're going to, you know, have these trials uh, without any cameras, of course. Trump wants you to see it. He's like, yes, the Trump lawyers want cameras in there. In there. They want to show the world what this banana republic is really like. And so it, it just, it's just, I don't know. Are, y- are y'all keeping up with this stuff? Is, is it, it's all about shutting all of us up, says David. That's what David said. He just now texted me that. So I, yeah, it's, that's what, it's what it seems like. And then, and then we've been, we've seen this over, over the you know past couple of two or three years, a big time with big tech and government trying to shut up the people that don't fall in line. Like that's just no matter what it is. It could be COVID, ivermectin, the juice, the jab, the mRNA. It could be politics. It could be Trump. It could be you can't say the, the election was rigged. You can't say, you know, just say what we tell you to say or we're going to center you and shut you up. Or any in Trump's case, we're going to prosecute you and throw you in jail for the rest of your life. Now, I don't know if he did anything illegal or not through all this stuff. I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I'm buried into the details of this whole thing. But some of it looks to be completely banana republic kind of stuff. And that's what they do in a banana republic is they, they lock up their opponents. You know, they drum up charts of some sort and, and then lock them up. That's happening in, in, uh, in Russia right now. I saw a headline with this guy yesterday. It's the, some political opponent of Vladimir Putin. He gets 19 more years on top of the nine years he's already serving. 19 more. And uh, for speaking out against Vladimir Putin. You don't do that in those countries. You don't evidently do it in America either. No more no more speech, no more freedoms. You do what I tell you to do or we put you in jail. That seems like it's what's happening here. And it's 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 you know, it's alarming. It's it's like <sighs> it's a great country. We don't want it to go to the you know what I'm saying right now? No, you don't know what I'm saying because I just pushed the button so you couldn't know what I'm saying. Anyway, that's a picture of Mighty Mouse and Underdog. <laughs> Congrats on the new grandbaby. Thank you. Thank you very much. Been a long time since I've seen those cartoons. Anyway, it's 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 sad. It's a problem. It's, uh, it's, it's not good. It's not good. Okay, what else? We got this. Got this. Another story. We're about to run out of time. What do we got? Five minutes. Four minutes. Hunter Biden's buddy, Eric Sherwin, Schwerwin, Schwerwin, made more trips to Obama White House VP home than was originally known. First son, Hunter Biden's longtime business partner, who also managed his family's financial affairs, made more visits to both the Obama White House and then Vice President Biden's official residence than previously known. Eric Schwerwin dropped in in an executive mansion and the Naval Observatory in Washington on at least 36 occasions in total between 2009 and 2016. Hmm. The Post initially reported that it was 19 times, and it was double that. Well, I wonder what's going on with all that. Prior to Obama's election, then the then senator from Illinois pursued more than $3.4 million in congressional earmarks for Hunter's clients, the Washington Post reported back in 2008, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
you know, Obama's as guilty as sin, and everybody knows it. He's in on all this stuff. And I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy the whole waterboard and deal with a chef either. That it was some accident. That that's a, you know, there's more to that story. Come on, man. What a deal. What a deal. All right. Here's here's the here's the the notes from Marshila. Since the phone lines were not communicating properly this morning, meeting tonight, general session, six thirty p.m. American Legion, seven thirty West Sixth Street. Oak Mulgee. Last month, we viewed the award-winning documentary agenda, Grinding America Down by Curtis Bowers. Tonight, we will view Part 2, Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit. Curtis Bowers exposes the masters of deceit and their purposeful, premeditated, treasonous attacks on our freedom. Exactly what we've been talking about this morning, right? Business meeting at 6 in this meeting, Marshita will share information from the Trevor Loudon meeting she attended on Thursday. Dinner will be served at 6 o'clock. Dinner? You served dinner? I didn't know you served dinner. Heck, I might make that meeting. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's going on tonight. Don't miss that. That could be good. I would like to see all that stuff, man. I wish I had time to sit around and watch documentaries and do this kind of stuff. So you people need to go watch it, and you need to come back and give us a report Tomorrow, we have this show again tomorrow. We do Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, the Brewers Briefing, right here on the Brew. And uh, so anyway, check it out. Go watch it. This is the second part. That's going to be interesting stuff, and you know it is. Let's see what they have to say. All right? So that's that's it. Thank you, Marcia, for texting that in. Appreciate it a lot. Hey, appreciate you guys listening today. I'm going to go see how little Elikai's doing. If he's awake, I hear him, you know, making little... Little noises. I asked my son last night. I said, Colin, how'd it go last night? Did you get any sleep? <laughs> no. Didn't get any sleep? Are you kidding me right now? Even the mom didn't get any sleep. After all that work, she was in labor for 13 hours yesterday and still didn't get any sleep. Every little, you know, little noise, little breath, little little, little movement. Everybody's awake looking at everything okay. Is everybody good? Everybody good? So, anyway, be praying for their recovery and, you know, get, get you know, it's, it's just sweet watching these kids. You know, their kids have their first kid. Isn't that something? It's it is it's awesome it's awesome deal and we're we're blessed thank God for all the goodness that's, that's going on here okay all right all right so hey we're out of time we're going to get into trade deal with Trisha you guys have a fantastic Tuesday thanks for listening to the brew we'll see you bye bye.